0: You're listening to The Party Girl Podcast with Chelsea Curtis, Episode 5. All right, now it's taken me a long time to just own that I don't like being a mom. <laughs> and it feels really hard to say that. I know I've written it on my Instagram and I've blogged about it, but being a mom is definitely the hardest job I've ever had. Now, when I was a teenager and I started thinking about boys and marriage and having babies, of course, all I ever wanted to be was a mom. And I just knew I was going to be the best mom ever. I was going to love it so much. My children were going to be perfectly obedient and well behaved and beautifully dressed all the time right and so when i quit my job managing the aveda salon it took about 3 weeks before i found myself in this dark depression and i just couldn't believe that i chose this i i felt regret i felt loss i felt lonely and i had this beautiful baby And I just like wanted to reverse it all. And I know a lot of that is the hormones and just all of the changes that had come, but I instantly was like, this is not going to work. Like I need a thing. I need to find Chelsea again, like whatever I have to do, whatever it takes. And my husband was so incredibly supportive. And I so appreciate that he just said, whatever you want to do, sweetie, like if you want to go get a job, you can do that. If you want to go back to the salon, you can do that. And I just knew I didn't want to go back to driving 30 minutes each way for my daily commute. I knew I didn't want to have a boss I had to answer to. I just didn't want to just be this milk cow who was waking up every three to four hours and just looked terrible and felt terrible and exhausted. And so I think that's when I initially decided to start my blog and it was the best decision I ever made, but coming from a background where you're used to getting paid for your time, again, it was really a struggle. But I don't want to talk about the business aspect in this episode. With today being Mother's Day, um, I just thought I'd open up about one of my biggest struggles, and that is motherhood. Um, from the second that my beautiful daughter was born, I just like was enamored with how perfect and beautiful she was. But I always felt super disconnected. And I'm not sure if that's because she was born and there was this whole drama with her. Um, She was born and... I feel like I'm going to get into a birth story here. Maybe I should put a warning in there. Let's do this, you guys. Let's just get into the birth story. Um, I actually don't have an outline for this podcast. I just wanted to ramble about motherhood because it's something, again, that I I have a hard time with. So I'm just going to freestyle, and I'm not going to edit this one. So whatever happens, happens, okay? (laughs) Just bear with me. So um, I got pregnant with my daughter, and I had you a relatively easy pregnancy. And I decided that I was going to have a natural unmedicated childbirth. And so I read all the books and I took the classes and we ended up doing hypnobirthing and we practiced and we hired a doula and all the things, right? So we go to the hospital and I have my birth plan and I brought some chocolates and it's going to be perfect, you know, and we get to the hospital And, you know, they get us checked in and they're just struggling at the hospital this day. I mean, they tried to get an IV in my arm and ended up taking seven pokes. And then when she finally got my vein for the IV, she didn't attach it to the cord and so blood was spewing all over the floor it was just a disaster and so i'm ready like let's do this the contractions are coming on harder and harder you know you're dilated to a 4 and i'm like doing pretty good um they let me labor in the tub and so i labored in the tub and i was you know feeling good like managing everything really well my husband was super supportive Um, The midwife had come and they're checking on me and, you know, everything was great. Working on my breathing and relaxation techniques. And all of a sudden, I just sat up and I felt like I was being possessed. Like I had this out-of-body experience where I just was like, get me out of this tub. Um, And the nurse comes in and she's like, the anesthesiologist is here. Did you want the epidural? Oh, okay. I have to stop and do this little cliffhanger here because... I feel like this is the biggest question, right? With people who determine that they're going to go natural, it's always like, well, did you get the epidural, right? Could you do it? Um, And I think for a lot of my life, I just felt like everything had to go according to plan, which of course nothing did. Nothing did go according to plan. Um, And that's why I think motherhood has been such a challenge for me. (sighs) So, of course, I was like, please go away. I don't want an epidural. (laughs) So I start, you know, trying to get comfortable. I'm totally uncomfortable. And um, they just keep coming in. And every it seems like every centimeter that I'm dilating, they're saying, he's he's still here. Did you want us to hook you up? I'm like, go away. I'm trying to focus and relax, you know. Um, And so I just kind of honed it in. And, you know, I buckled down and I was determined. I'm like, I am having this baby exactly how my plan is. And on September 22nd, 2012, my sweet unmedicated natural birth happened. And it was so amazing. And I was like, I knew I was going to be amazing. I knew mother was going to be amazing. I'm so amazing. I was on this high and I completely recognize, especially after having my son, that there are no gold stars for however you choose to bring a baby in this world. It was just really important for me. I'm a very goal-oriented person, and I like achieving things that I set out to do. And so it was a big thing for me to be able to do that because it was difficult. Um So of course I was like, now we're going to have this great life and it'll be awesome. So she was in our room for a while and I'm not quite sure why, but 24 hours into having her by my side in our room the entire time, I asked if I could leave. I was feeling great. I had only torn a little bit and I was walking and doing great. And all of a sudden they were like, oh no, we just found out that You had group B strep. We absolutely can't have you leave. We need to get this baby on antibiotics immediately. And a team of about four nurses ran from the NICU down to my room, grabbed our baby, and just rushed her off to the NICU and started poking and prodding her and plugging her into all kinds of crazy machines. It was extremely traumatizing. And I just remember thinking, what is going on? Like she was you know, delivered and she was in our room and she was fine. And now all of this because of the group B, like what is going on? And so long story short, we ended up having her in the NICU for almost two weeks. And to this day, I cannot for the life of me figure out Exactly what she had, because it seemed like they were just hell bent on, you know, your insurance covers all these tests, your insurance covers all these treatments, and we really should get her to this and this and this level. And they kept calling her premature when she wasn't, and they kept saying, you know, we're just doing this as a precaution. And again, I I wanted to have this very holistic natural birth, and I felt like the hospital was taking that away because of precautions. And of course, the first few days I was. Very invested in like whatever we need to do. And as the weeks went on, I just felt like I was in baby jail with my daughter. And, you know, I would travel 20 minutes each way to the hospital just to hold her and feed her and stay for eight hours. And then we would go home and I would just cry. And then I would come back and they would be like, oh, just be grateful that you're getting a full night's sleep. I'm like, I don't want a full night's sleep, crazy. I want my baby. So, we eventually had to talk to the neonatologist and just say, you know, we would like to switch care over to our pediatrician and we are just wanting to get out of here. And he argued with me and said, you know, I don't understand why you wouldn't want the best care. Your insurance covers everything, there's no out of pocket for you. And that is when, in the moment, I recognized I'm like, this is not right. And so, it just, it was one of those things I like never felt more sure. So sure enough, as soon as we switched care over to our pediatrician, um, who's still our pediatrician to this day, she was out of the NICU two days later. And he honestly was like, I don't know why she's here. (laughs) Like they've run a lot of tests. They've done a lot of things to her. I don't know why she's here. I mean, my poor daughter had a spinal tap at two days old and all kinds of IVs in her head and arms and everything. It was horrible. And again, nothing against NICUs or neonatologists. like They save babies' lives every single day, and babies that need it. But in my case, I, like I said, I just started to lose faith in this particular hospital because they couldn't give me a straight answer. And so in the beginning, it was like my gut was saying this is this is not necessary but of course you don't want to argue with the professionals and you don't want to have your insurance decline because you chose not to accept care if something was wrong it was just this whole string of things that i didn't know what to do and so when we finally got her home you know i was so like oh my goodness you know this is this is wrong and like i felt very angry and I felt like I had lost those three weeks that we were supposed to be bonding. And I, I sometimes wonder if that's where my postpartum really came in. I was in this mode of like, get my baby home, get my baby home, get my baby home, that I didn't have time to be depressed or anything. I just was focusing on rescuing her from baby jail and bringing her home. So when she finally came home, it was like, oh, okay, now what? Now, what do we do? And to be honest, like I felt like she was already in a routine because the three first weeks of her life were over. And so she was already used to pretty much sleeping through the night. They had kind of sleep trained her with all of their routines and everything that they did. And so she slept all the time. She was actually a really good baby, which meant I was a very, very bored mama and housewife now. And I just felt again, so lost in this new calling. I'm like, okay. So I started to organize everything in our house. It got to the point where my husband's like, uh, I'm still drinking from that cup. I'm like, I know. I just, you know, wanted to wash it where before we would both be at work all day long. And so, yeah, we'd have dishes in the sink or, you know we would kind of both take turns but because now i was the stay at home wife and mom i felt this immense pressure to have a perfectly clean home and hot dinner on the table every day at 6 and a perfectly clean baby with multiple outfits just in case of a blowout and all of the things right i had to be perfect at all of the things and so again here i am like redoing my house redecorating everything and i'm like i should take a picture of this and post it on you know this blog because now i have time to focus on this and That's kind of where it had happened. And so the older she got, the less and less I'm like, I just don't enjoy this job of being a mom. But please don't confuse that with, I don't love and enjoy my children. I do love them. Just the amount of effort and work and patience it requires, especially for a tough personality. And it's funny because sometimes I forget about the very rough beginnings that my sweet little daughter had. And, you know, she she was a little fighter and she really had a rough go in the beginning. And there's a part of me that, so I had my son Sterling, um, January of this year, January 1st, as a matter of fact, on new year's day. And, um, I feel like since I'm talking birth stories, I'm like, let's just talk about his birth story now. So Sterling boy was born on January 1st. He actually was due on my husband's birthday in the middle of January, but he came three weeks early. Um, interestingly enough though, he weighed a little bit more than Jade did when she was born, even though she was 39 weeks and six days. Pretty interesting, right? So, um, Sterling boy was born and I did the same thing. I'm like, I'm doing a natural birth. This is going to be great. Um, we get to the hospital because my water had broken at home and I was like, this is great. Like we have time to pack. I had already packed and set a few things aside, but we had time to really pack because I wasn't contracting. Um, But I could just feel these little gushes coming out. So I was like, I know they're going to admit me because this is definitely my water breaking. So we packed up our bags and, you know, we took Jade to the neighbors and got to the hospital and I, I had my same plan. I'm like, I'm doing a natural childbirth. Now I did have the heads up from my little sister who has birthed four babies naturally unmedicated again I I think it's so cool, however you want to have a baby. But she was kind of my go-to since she was on the same path as me, right? We're doing this natural birthing thing. And she was like, oh, just so you know, the second one is way harder. I'm like, huh, I wonder why. She's like, I think it's because you know what to expect and then you remember. I'm like, uh, okay, thanks for that. So we get to the hospital. And it's 10 o'clock at night, and I'm like, oh, man. Jade, when we got to the hospital with Jade, we got there at 10 p.m., and she was born at 2 a.m. Again, unmedicated, no Pitocin, nothing. Quick, quick, quick. And it was actually, like I said, it was. I worked really hard. I stayed focused. I tried to stay relaxed, and it was a really beautiful experience up until the whole NICU part. So with Sterling, I got there, and my midwife shows up, and she's like, oh, yeah, you're only dilated to a 1% but they're going to keep you. And I'm like, dah, so how long do I have? And she's like, well, it's tough because if you don't start dilating on your own, um, this could end up in a C-section, which nothing against C-sections, but that was the least of like the, the furthest thing from what I wanted to do. I was like, yikes, I definitely don't want that. She's like, so it's tough because if you, you know, wait it out and you don't get Pitocin, You can miss your window, and so it's it's totally your call. I mean, you can try to sleep, you can try to do this. I'm like, I don't know. I'm looking at the clock. I'm like, Jade came so fast. Like, what if they hook me up to Pitocin, and then I just have this little guy, like before midnight. Like, he'd still be on our insurance for 2018. Like, that would be awesome, right? This New Year's Eve baby, let's do it. And so I'm definitely admitted, even though I'm at a one with my water broken. I'm like, ah, what am I gonna do? So we start walking the halls, walking the halls. We walk the halls for about an hour and nothing. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to call it. Just give me the Pitocin. Let's get this over with. So they give me the Pitocin. And um, luckily this, I had, I went to a completely different hospital. The last experience was so traumatizing. I just was like, I'm never going there again. Ironically though, back to that other hospital, I have a handful of friends. Every single one of those friends that delivered at that hospital has had their baby in the NICU. And I thought that was so fascinating. I'm like, huh. They seem a little NICU happy over there. And it's unfortunate because even one of, our, one of our friends, I mean, they were privately insured and so their NICU bill was about $20,000. Do you want to know what ours was? This is why I feel like it was some sort of a fraud situation. Our in, uh, NICU bill was over $90,000 for three weeks in the NICU. Okay, sounds about right. Guess how much we paid out of pocket? $100. $100. Yeah, we paid $100 out of pocket because our insurance is amazing. Well, before Obamacare, we had amazing insurance. And um it was amazing. And so I it's hard because I just feel like I was used for our insurance money. I mean, I don't okay, that's my tangent. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Back to Sterling, right? So Little Sterling um I get the Pitocin and I'm like, okay, I'm still doing this natural. We're just using this to speed it up. So they fill up a tub and I'm like, ooh, yeah, this is happening. Like it's getting close, you know? So that was at 10.30. I want to say that they gave me the Pitocin. Around 11.30, they're like, oh yeah, you're at two. I'm like, okay, great. You know, having fun. We're watching Nacho Libre, bouncing on my birthing ball. Like we're having a grand old time, you know? And then it's, you know, another hour goes by. I'm like, okay, let's get in the tub. I'm kind of feeling it. They're like, oh yeah, you're at a three. I'm like, oh, okay. The tub really helped last time with Jade. And I get in the tub, I'm laboring, man. And I'm hurting. It never was relaxing. It was uncomfortable. And I just felt like he was pushing down and just like grinding his head. Like it almost felt like he was drowning the whole time. And they would check me and they're like, Oh yeah, you're at a four. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Another hour went by and I, mm, I'm trying to think of the time here. I'm kind of (laughs) like losing it a little bit. I just know that as soon as midnight hit around 1202, the nurse came in and she was so cute and bubbly. She's like, I just want to let you know that you're all in the running for the first new year's baby at this hospital of the year. I was like, Oh, that's exciting. Like I'm super competitive. So I was like, I want to have the first baby, <laughs> which like you have no control over. Right. So it's, it's a uh, 1202 and I'm at a five. I'm like, oh my gosh, but it's so intense. Pitocin is so intense. And I'm like, okay, whew, you know, we can do this buckle down, buckle down. So I, you know, I go back in the tub and I'm in there for an hour and I'm like, okay he's, he's coming out. Like I'm just done. Like I have all these IVs. I just, I'm not free. Like I was with Jade. I had all of these things going on. And luckily I didn't have group B strep with Sterling, which I thought was interesting because I had it with Jade. Um, but I had the Pitocin and it was, Oh, it was so miserable. And like the position of the needle was so uncomfortable. It was in my hand and it just felt like it was never comfortable. So I finally just was like, get me out of this tub. Like, ugh, you know, it's just, I started to have that just like my body was like, just, I don't, get him out, get him out, get him out. So I asked Nick to just drain the tub, get me out. You know, they checked me again. They're like, yeah, you're at a five. I'm like, oh, like I don't want to be at a five. And it was so weird because I had these like, Full body shakes where my whole body was shivering, except I had just come out of a hot bathtub. And so my body was hot, but it like I couldn't control my body shaking. It was like nothing I'd ever experienced. And I just was like, okay, I don't know what I'm going to do. And my daughter had this blanket that she brought in the car that smelled like her. So I just asked Nick, I'm like, can I please just have this blanket to smell? It was really weird, like very carnal. So I just would smell this blanket and smell like my daughter's hair smell. And it just gave me this like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. Um, The other thing about this birth that was so different was I gave them my birth plan. You know, please don't offer me an epidural. Like I'll let you know here are some chocolates. And they completely followed it to a T almost too much where the nurses didn't talk to me at all. And so the midwife was there bouncing between a few other patients. And when you're not that close, it's like, she's going to go help the next person. Right? So when she finally came back in, um, and checked me, I was at a, um, she came to tell me, you know, I was at a six, and that they were switching shifts because there were too many ladies there and she needed extra help. And so she called in another midwife and the nurses checked me again. Again, it's just me and Nick. And pretty much the nurse is just telling me that I'm to this. And I just felt like I was so much further. They're like, you're at a six. I'm like this, I don't, I don't think I can go on. And of course, like in my mind, I'm like, I'm not saying a word. I'm just going to breathe. I'm just going to breathe. And so I would take these deep breaths in and count to eight and then breathe out for eight seconds. And that's all I could do. But my mind, oh my gosh, the only way I can describe the mental state was like that scene in Rapunzel, I guess in Tangled, it's called Tangled, where Rapunzel is free from her tower and she's running through the fields and she's like, best day ever. And then the very next scene, she's like, what's day bar, It was just like that in my brain. I'm like, what was I thinking? And at any moment I was like, I don't think I can do this. Like, I don't think I can do this. This Pitocin is rocking my world right now. And if the, anesthesi- if the anesthesiologist comes in, if anybody offers me any sort of pain meds, I am going to be just be like, yes, please. Like I just, I, I absolutely should have taken them up on it. But of course I didn't say anything. I just kept breathing and not talking. And my husband was so supportive and I just didn't say a word. And inside I was like tormented. It was so incredibly painful. It was so uncomfortable. Nothing like my first birth experience at all. I mean, it was so intense and I just felt like I literally was going to die. It was so intense. And it's funny because I feel like that sounds dramatic, but with my very first It didn't feel like that at all. I mean, it was uncomfortable and the crowning was definitely like, oh, I'm never doing this again, like in that moment. But then the baby pops out in like 30 seconds and you're like, oh, you know, all the feels, right? So here I am, they come back to check me and they're like, yeah, you're to a seven. And I'm like, I have been progressing what it seems like, you know, a centimeter and a half per hour. And with Jade, again, I got there and I had her four hours later. So now here I am looking at the clock and I'm like, it's been four hours, like I don't know if I can go on again. All in my mind, <laughs> I don't think I can go on. And I'm just like I'm laying in bed. I'm just like tearing up. I'm just dying. And um, time ticks on slowly. And I'm trying to do what's comfortable. And the contractions are stacking more and more. And you know, I just can't. I just can't get comfortable. And so I wrap that blanket like completely around my head. And I just am kind of in this fetal position, like trying to do anything to just avoid it. And I honestly, like an hour went by and I was like, I, I, I can't like, can you please have the midwife come and check me? Like, I just feel like he's coming. Like, I just, I don't know. I don't know. And so the midwives had finally switched shifts by this point. The new one was there and she comes in. She's like, Oh yeah, you're to attend. You're ready to push. And I was like, Oh really? Cause I was so relieved because I knew, I knew as soon as I got to attend that pushing the baby out was going to be Easy. I mean, I was in so much pain. It honestly was dumb. It was stupid. I should have had an epidural. Honestly, like I, I I completely recognize that. And I think anyone who has Pitocin, I don't. I, honestly, I like can't believe I did it. I cannot believe I did it. It was so incredibly hard. Um, she came in and she said I was to a ten, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna take three deep breaths, and that's it. And then after that, I'm just gonna tap out and die. Like that was literally my thought. So I took the deep breath and counted to eight. And she's like, "Okay, you got this. You know, just push him out. And I was like, my hips are really hurting. So she turned me on my side in this like magical position. And Nick was able to push on my hips, which relieved so much pressure. And I just breathed three times. And literally on the third breath, the baby came out. And she said to the nurses, that is how you breathe out a baby. What a cool experience that you all just got to see that. And they put him right up on my chest, which actually didn't happen with Jade. With Jade, they took her, snipped the umbilical cord right away and took her away and wiped her off and, you know, put a hat on her and all that brought her back, which was not in my birth plan. But with little Sterling, oh, they just put him up and he didn't quite make it to my, my chest. He just made it onto my tummy. And I was like, oh, my baby. And it was like this instant bond. It's amazing when you have a natural birth because that point of pushing is is very difficult anyway. But when they bring that baby skin to skin, it's like this bonding that I was like, maybe this is what I was missing. Oh man, I'm like going to get emotional because I, for the first time ever, I, I was like, wow, this feels so connected and amazing. And I like started to appreciate motherhood instead of like this, you know, I don't, I don't even know how to describe it, but just like, oh yeah, this necessary evil, if you will, to, to get a kid, you have to go through all this stuff. And instead it was like such an honor. And I was so bonded to him. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. And he's so sweet. And they just left him on my chest and like, they just let us bond. And it was, it was this, undescribable feeling of connection to another human being that I had never felt before in my life. And I um I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe how the hormones immediately were so different for me. And I'm not sure if it's because he is a little boy um or if they let me do skin on the skin that he didn't have to go to the NICU. I'm not sure but of course like it was the most as painful as it was with the Pitocin. I didn't even tear, which I couldn't believe. It was so amazing. I felt so good. I had this sweet little baby. And of course, the first thing I wanted to do was get out of there. I was like, let's take our baby home. Like there's not going to be a situation where they're taking us to the NICU. Like I want to, I want to leave. So I called my photographer, I had her do a photo shoot, I got my makeup on, my hair done, and we did this beautiful photo shoot, and we got Jade and Sterling meeting for the first time, which was the most magical thing ever, and um, I'm sorry, I'm like choked up over here, and then I was like, let's leave, like I want to go, and I couldn't believe it, but they were like, absolutely, like we just need to get you to 24 hours, and then you guys are good to go, and oh gosh, there's another part of the story I totally forgot, (laughs) (laughs) I totally forgot this part of the story. You guys are going to die. Okay, sorry, reverse, reverse. So while I was pregnant with Sterling, I had a client that wanted me to throw a 60th birthday party for her mom on January 3rd. And I was like, okay, Sterling's due, you know, mid-January, so we should be good to go. Like, that's three weeks before Jade was, you know, right on time, so that's not a big deal. So, of course, I had everything set aside for her party This this is how you know the mark of a true party planner. I had everything set aside for that party and I wasn't even packed with my hospital bag yet. But don't worry, all of the chargers and all of the linens and all of the napkins and the stemware were ready to go, like in a pile. So when I was at the hospital, I remember telling Nick, like, oh gosh, we need to text her. So literally, I texted her before I texted my mom. I was like, hey just so you know, I think I'm having my baby. And she's like, Oh my gosh, congratulations. I'm like, but I want you to know, like, um, it seems like he's going to come. And if everything goes well, like I'm still going to be there. She's like, are you crazy? I'm like, no, I literally am so excited for your event. Um, like if I need to, I can send Nick, we can work out, you know, if I need to refund some of your money, like we'll, we'll get it figured out. I just wanted to let you know. And of course it was like, "No, have your baby. Why did you call me crazy? Um, so of course, like there was my other motive, right? Is I want to leave the hospital. We're not going to the NICU. That was my big goal. We're not going to the NICU. Um, and then I was like, I need to go do this event. And so we had Sterling on the first, I guess it was 48 hours that I was there because this event was on the, no, it was on the second. It was on January 2nd. That's what it was. So 24 hours after I had him. Yes, it was on the, it was exactly 24 hours. Um, the pediatrician came and checked out Sterling and he you know, gave him a clean bill of health, and they got us out of there at noon, and her event was at 6 p.m., and I had planned before I even had the baby that I was going to meet her up there around 1.30 to set up and get everything going, and so I brought a Moby wrap, and I strapped him into my body. Um, we loaded our car. We got to the the venue where they're having this party. And loaded up the car. And of course, Nick was amazing. I didn't lift a single thing. It was actually the easiest event I had ever done. And I Moby wrapped um Sterling onto my chest, one day old. And I did this event. And it was absolutely gorgeous. And of course, it was a surprise 60th birthday party. And the family members were like, Oh, your little baby's here. How old is he? And I would say, uh, one day. And they were like, What? Are you kidding me? This is crazy. I'm like, I know. I just I'm really big on honoring my commitments and I love throwing parties, obviously. And they just all shook their heads like, who is this crazy lady? <laughs> oh my gosh. But I just wanted to thank you again for being here and wish all of the women and mothers in your life a happy Mother's Day. And I hope that as I'm going through and sharing these super embarrassing stories, Oh my gosh. I I hope that I'm not the only one. Honestly, that's why I'm sharing. And I found that as soon as I started being vulnerable and authentic on my blog, that's when people started to actually connect with me. So thank you for being here and I'll catch you in the next episode.